This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go hey, It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live from the NBC studios in San Francisco. The commander is here as we're getting you ready for game three of the four-game set between the A's and the Orioles. Johnny D will be stepping in for me today for A's Total Access. I'll be stepping in for Brody Brazil uh, later on today on NBC Sports California doing A's pre- and post-game live. And then I will join Johnny in the post-game, hopefully talking about a victory. Two things to lead the show off today. First, we'll have Bob Nightingale at what time? Uh, 1.30. So we'll have Bob Nightingale from the USA Today at 1.30. Read an article last night. Really good. You know he's got a great relationship with Dusty Baker. And is this the last hurrah for Dusty? And Dusty is not somebody that wants to tell you that it's the last hurrah and does not want to do like a farewell tour. So it was a great article in the USA Today. We'll ask Bob Nightingale about that and a lot of different things in baseball. Uh, then we're going to have Bip Roberts, former A, Oakland Zone, former All-Star, terrific player. Bip Roberts, back in the day, will be my co-host today on A's Pregame Live on NBC Sports California. So he'll be right here with me coming up here what time? 2.30. 2.30. And then, before you know it, Dean Kramer up against Ken Waldachuk. Big star for Waldachuk today, I think. Kramer or Kramer? Kramer. Kramer. Well, it was Dean Kramer. I think it's Kramer, now that I think about it. He actually played for Team Israel. He's been around for a little bit. Uh, Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Dean Kramer. I, I didn't realize. I, I was just watching video of him this morning. I didn't realize he was a part of the WBC. It, 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 it's, it's interesting to see how many guys. Like, I watched Team Israel. God, who'd they play? Was it Italy or someone like that? Yeah, I think they did. I don't know if that was an espresso game, but I I remember that. (laughs) Espresso. Uh, It's just amazing how many of these guys participate in it. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought about it and probably, you know, when I was watching it while I was doing other stuff. But uh, Dean Kramer was a part of Team Israel. So it's amazing how many of these guys that we don't think of because we are so into, obviously, the very end, the United States and Japan. But guys who play for Team Italy, Team Australia, Team Israel – and uh, the guy going today up against Ken Waldachuk was a part of the WBC. 
I remember. I, I don't remember seeing him in the W. I remember watching him pitch for the Orioles. So, what's two lefties? He's right? been around for about four yeah. years. Kramer's been. I want to say he's been around four years. Born in Stockton, so he's from the two hundred nine. I'm sure Dallas Braden's having a ball with that. Kramer's made two starts this year. He's a ten thirteen. Yeah, ERA. how long has he been around? I want to say four years. I'm his, betting four his years. His MLB debut was in twenty twenty. Yeah. I remember because I remember asking. I said he was good. Last, yeah, three twenty three ERA. Wow, so he got he got four starts in the COVID year. Yeah, remember there's only sixty games. He got called up and got four starts. Is this is this allowed? He had twenty one starts last year, but a, a a complete game. He had a shutout. Yes, last year. Are we allowed? To, I didn't know that was allowed. He had a complete game shutout last year. I didn't know. If, I didn't know pitchers outside of Sandy Alcantara could do that. Dean Kramer had a complete game shutout and didn't get the Cy Young last year. Uh, no, the, that guy in the American League, the pitch for the Astros, won it over him. Okay, so a couple things, news and notes to start out the show. Domingo Acevedo has gone on the IL. I know I've just gotten it in my A's email. Chad Smith, uh, who was acquired from Colorado, he was called up. Do we know why? So it's left, a- left back strain for. The guy I picked to finish with the best war on the team to make Acevedo back strain. I don't. I didn't. Did we? I didn't know we broke the back into left and right. I just thought we called it a back. Well, when you have a thirteen point five zero ERA over your first five games, you've allowed eight runs and ten hits, and that is not good. That is not good. What is good is Chad Smith, as we. We got a little upset yesterday about all this talk about Vegas and we can't judge anything. Chad Smith, here you go. Three games for the Aviators and a 2.25 ERA. So maybe he's throwing the ball well. He comes up and he helps out a bullpen that right now has a 5.79 ERA. Good news from Las Vegas yesterday. Three innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts, 34 pitches. Polly B, friend of the program, Paul Blackburn. So, a nice start for him down in AAA to where hopefully reinforcements are coming. And, you know, Paul Blackburn, you got to hope, you got to really hope somebody is going to show up and be that anchor. I I know you're not going to like Kyle Muller's outing yesterday because of the results. I have an opinion on that. It was a conspiracy theory. You better have your – you, you – Better have my music ready, my X-Files. And I want the good X-Files. I don't want the weird one you played yesterday. I want the good X-Files theme. I I don't know. Because my my conspiracy, even though I I hate to admit it, I believe in all conspiracies, but I did some digging earlier today, and I got some answers to this. Do you have it ready? Well, let's see if if this is the one you like. Did you ever watch X-Files? I did, yeah. It was a great show. It was Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. Right here, let's see. Perfect. Save it for a few seconds. I will get back to that. My conspiracy theory may not be a conspiracy theory after all. So good news about Blackburn because you need somebody, and I know this is who he wants to be. We talked to him about his spring training. You know, after the first half where he's an all-star to what we're talking about now, you know, trying to be the leader of the rotation. He he feels he is that guy. Well, get him back here being that guy. Give me somebody who I know every five days I can at least get six innings every five days. I'm not asking. All right. I'm not saying five. I'm, not, I'm saying six. You've talked me down from seven and eight. 
You've talked me down over the years, Cody. You've talked me. I'm not going below six. I got to get six from my my lead guy's got to give me six innings. I'm not going to lie. Your voice started changing. I'm like, are you going to go with Space Mountain again right there? <laughs> they told Space Mountain down. Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like Ric Flair. I mean, can we can we get somebody to throw six freaking innings? Uh, remember, there's only been two guys who have gone five for the A's. And Mahler twice and J.P. Sears. Mahler had a chance yesterday, but that fifth inning really uh, unraveled on him. There's history that could be made today. Um, yeah. We saw the great David Feldman. Yeah. You know what? I love Dave Feldman. I do. He's, right, known, ne- he's right next door to us. I've known Dave Feldman for, for a long, long time. Today was the first day, I think, in our relationship. I did not want to see him. <laughs> he was. He brought nothing but negativity to our world today. Yeah, hey, he, hey, you know, today could be a record. Oh, here we go. Because whenever someone starts your conversation, when someone walks into the studio and says, hey, we can see a record today, knowing how things have been going, this is not going to be a positive conversation. No. Um, after he told you your stats, him and I talked about something that happened last night with Ryan Mountcastle, the uh, inventor of the God, as they put it, the godfather of the Homer hose, I prefer the... It's a beer bong. Can't pre- we just call it what it is? I prefer the dong bong, but I... I, I it's a beer bong. We all did beer bongs in college. It's a beer bong that they're just using water. I didn't... Why are you kids trying to trick it up? I, I didn't do a beer bong in college. You never did beer bongs in college? I didn't drink in college. <sighs> I did a lot of beer bongs in college. Well, you know. San Jose State football games. <laughs> Back in the day. Well, I know what we need to do on the uh, first game of the U- when we got oh. on USC this year. Get you a beer you, you, I mean, they use with water, of course. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, they'd fill that thing up with like two beers. I, I mean, first of all, one thing that I mean, I, I get it; it's cute. But do you really want to shoot water? Probably not. But I mean, for you, I mean, we'll th- we'll make the sacrifice. I'm not shooting water. I did, <laughs> I did, I did my time back in the day with beer bongs. Uh, I do think it's funny. It's one of the most unique that we have had. I mean, everybody's got their stupid hats now, and then everybody, because the whole chain thing to me was weak, because you were just copying the turnover chain by the University of Miami. The Hurricanes, as we like to call it, the U, they started the whole something happens, guy comes off, you give him something. They were the first, or at least the first that I ever saw, and I watch a lot of college football. It was the Hurricanes started the turnover chain. Then everybody started copying San Jose State. We've got a wrestling belt. Everybody's got something now. Well, then baseball, the Padres started their chain, whatever the hell they called it. Remember we asked Bob about it? Did he ever wear it? And he's, no. No. (laughs) And then the Angels got a hat. They had a warrior hat. It was a warrior hat the first one, yeah. Last year was a cowboy hat. Otani the other day hit a home run, and they had like a samurai hat on. So they're always putting on different hats. Everybody's got something. The, the uh, Red Sox were putting you in the laundry basket. Uh, my favorite's the Blue Jays, the home run, the Homer jacket. I think that's lame. I, you I, like that? I, th- I mean, it's better than putting a hat on. I to me to me the the what do we call it? The Homer, Homer hose, hose. The beer bong to me right now is pretty good. Yeah, that's probably the best one. And uh, what I've been told uh, was it Feldman that told us that that was started by our friend Cole Irvin helped start that with the Orioles. Well. No team in the history of baseball. So I'm not going to have to go back to the we've been really excited lately about the 19 excuse me the 1884 St. Louis Maroons. 
Yeah, I went back and studied the roster. That was a good, that was a good team. Uh, we like to say all the time, since 1901. Uh, that's the modern era? Well, that would just be what, what, what we go back and say, all right, we're starting to see well, National League, American League. Live, live ball era is 1920 on. Uh, yeah, live ball era, yeah. So well, we always have to – we always have to preface this since 1920. Okay, this we're not prefacing anything. All right, whether we're going back to when they first ever even played a baseball game in 18 wherever, D- Abner Doubleday, w- <laughs> wherever you want to go back to, no team in the history of baseball has ever allowed three or more home runs in six straight games. Has never happened in the history of our game. Uh, my quick math on that would be uh, there'd be 18 home runs over six games. You'd be able to three each one. Well, if um, you want, if you that, want, that doesn't sound good. If you want the exact, unfortunately, I have what you need. 23 home runs uh, given up so far this season. 17 in five games. 17 in five games, and folks, that is not a good look. But to to be a team that you're looking at. Three home runs or more in six straight games. And by the way, the home run by Mount Castle. Oh, wow. I got this like little shelf thing here. New studio. We're learning it. Uh, Mount Castle, that was the 200th Grand Slam given up in Oakland A's history. Yeah. Um, when Felly told us that, that was, that was interesting. And then, I mean, what- literally, Dave Feldman is, is like the Grim Reaper coming. <laughs> our A's historian came in today with just everything was Grim Reaper. He, he gave the stat last night. It was on the broadcast, so I'm assuming it was Feldman. Uh, oh, you don't think it was G-Kype? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he was grinding the stats then. You don't uh, think it was Dallas? First, ga- first game where a guy had played at nine RBIs, Mount Castle, since Chris James of the Cleveland Indians in 1991. I remember Chris James as a Ranger. I remember, I remember it was a Philly. He played for a lot of different teams. Yes. He had 41 RBIs in 1991. Nine of them came in one game. 1991. Where were you in 1991? I would have been uh, two going on three years old. I was just getting into college, well, 1991. By the way, this Mountcastle guy, I said it last night on A's Clubhouse. That's our postgame show. And if you want to call in to uh, Robert, 833-625-2278, keep him company. I said it last night on the Clubhouse show. So I looked it up. I can't remember which caller was talking about Mountcastle, so I looked it up on Baseball Reference. According to Baseball Reference. Oh, about his salary, yeah. He's, after this year, he's going to arbitration. Is this a good way to start your arbitration with 18 RBIs already and five home runs? I mean, it's, it's like he's like Ryan Mountcastle is the – single-player version of what the Rays are right now. Rays have won 11 games in a row, and all these idiots out there are like, they haven't played anybody. It doesn't matter. It's your schedule. At the end of the year, all we do is add up your wins and losses, and where you are, wins and losses, determines where you are in the postseason and do you have home field. We're now in a tournament. We now play tournament style in baseball, and if I have the best record, and I keep winning the playoffs, that means everything goes through my horrible dome, Tropicana Field. And it doesn't matter at the end of the year, and I get home field advantage, they don't say how I did versus 500 teams or how I did against under 500 teams. 
They just say, you won this many games, so this is where you play in the playoffs. Am I right or wrong? Um, you're right. So all these morons who are out there, they didn't play anybody. They've racked up 11 wins. So they need how many more wins just to get to 100? 89. That's their franchise record also is 100. Think about that. They're just lopping off wins right now. Every single time they win, they're getting closer to 100. And that's really kind of been the magical, you know, Dodgers. I was close last night. You got to admit, I'm doing everything on the fly. I don't get to sit here and be like you. I was, I, I had Dodgers at 110. Yeah. I was close. I texted you 111 right after. Yeah, I, heard I was that. close. But I'm like, Dodgers won 111. You've had years where Astros won. There was that one year that the Astros or they lost Do- nine of the first 16. Dodgers won 107, and the other one 106. Well, the, that that year, if you're thinking that was Giants 107. No, no, no. Uh, there was the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, Dodgers 107, Astros 106. Right, and then you had Giants 107, Dodgers 106. We had that one year where you had the the Twins were like at 103. That's, that's when they hit the. Storm. We were at 97. Yankees were at something. I mean, it's like to get this many wins in a season. Yeah, you got to beat up on the bad guys, and that's exactly what the Rays are doing. That's what you do. You you want to have a great record in the NBA? You want to have a great record in the NFL? You you smash the teams you're supposed to smash. You want to know how you get to you want to get home field advantage in the National Football League? You don't lose to the bottom feeders and you don't lose to them at home either. I was thinking, are we allowed to flip this around then? Is but there- oh, back to Ryan Matt. Ryan Mountcastle Ryan Mountcastle is the Rays of solo players this year. Five home runs, 18 RBIs to start the year, and he's going to arbitration after this. And he's still youngish. This young man, I think he's 26. This young man is about to write himself a nice little paycheck. I would uh, I would say so. You have 18 uh, RBIs already? He had a breakout year last he's year. He's 26? Yeah, breakout year last year. What did he do last year? He had, uh, 22 home runs and 85 runs driven. He th- hit 33 the year before. He had 85 RBIs last year. He's got 18 already. Yeah. I think he might, I think he might blow, blow, blow past that. I mean, it just sets you – I mean, you do well at the start. This is the point of it. You do well at the start. You so set yourself up. If you're going to be one of those teams that wins over 100 games, you don't have a bad month. You may lose three out of four here and there, but you basically win. You have a winning record every single month. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Are we are we able to flip this then? If everyone's saying the Rays haven't played anybody, well, the A's have played all teams over five hundred so far. Uh, Angels Ooh, over five hundred, Guardians over five hundred, Orioles over five hundred. Last half full, I like yeah. it. A's coming from you, that's a shocker. Mets this weekend, and then you got the Cubs after that. Cubs playing well. Cubs beat Cubs uh, opened a little can yesterday late yeah. against the Mariners. They were down four nothing. Some people did say when we were down at spring training, a lot of additions. Dams, Dansby Swanson, and I like to call him what? Dansby Swan, Dans and Sw- Dansby, Dansby Swansby, Swansby, yeah. Swan, my guy Swansby, uh, and he's in four hundred on the air. Bellinger's hit home runs. Stroman's throwing the ball well. I mean, their addition, Hosmer's throwing, playing really well. Let's look at old Bellinger. What is he doing? This he, year? I see, he's hitting like two, probably below two hundred, but he's hit home runs. Uh, that's not correct. He's hitting two hundred five. Don't shortchange him. He's got a homer. Yeah, one home run, eight hits, one of them's a homer. But Hosmer's hitting what? Um, I last time I checked, he was doing a lot better. Like I said, uh, Swansby hitting uh, hitting four hundred on the air. Uh, Hosmer's hitting three ten. I got to tell you, Eric Hosmer 
once the Padres ditched him to Boston and now the Padres are essentially because his contract was for when he signed originally with San Diego was for well over 100 million. It was 144. Right. The Padres are paying all of that now. So if I'm basically getting Eric Hosmer for nothing. Yeah, why wouldn't you take him? You're talking about a guy, he can play. Yeah, plays good terrific defense. defensively. He can swing it. Not a huge power guy. Never but, was. But what I'm getting him for, that that he's like a steal in baseball. Yeah, he's he's having a really good year. And then um, you look at what Swan, Dinsey Swanson's doing. They just re-signed Ian Happ, their left fielder, three years, $61 million. So the Cubs are bringing guys in. They got guys coming up through their system that they're excited about. And Pete Crow Armstrong, the guy they got in the trade from the Mets for uh, – who was the big Cub that went to the Mets? Um, it was the one they started trading everyone. Oh, Javi Baez. Might oh, the, my God. Might be the worst contract in baseball. If anybody's been following Detroit, Javi Baez, Javi Baez can't make contact. He literally – he and Rendon, but Rendon's contract is so much more. That's the thing. Let me give you stats. In 36 at-bats, Javi Baez this year is hitting 111. Ooh. He has a 179 on-base percentage. Oh, God. A 111 slugging. Oh. What's his OPS then? Wait, what? One eleven, what? One eleven, one eleven slugging. Uh huh. That's that's bad. And a three and a one seventy nine on base percentage. Wait, one and one. Well, that that's he's two ninety one. Oh my god, that's not even his OPS plus minus. So 16. when we talk about replacement level, he's not even like he's not even junior college. Excuse me, community college level. And How much make, is he making? Twenty two mil. Whenever I bring this up, I know it ruffles some people's feathers, but I'm telling you, so many of these big contract guys are not worth the money. And, yes, I would love to have guys sign to long-term contracts if they were good, but I would not want to have a Rendon contract to talk about every day. I would not want a Javi Baez contract to talk about every day. I would not want a Steven Strasburg contract to talk about every day. I just wouldn't. What about Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant hasn't hit a home run. Do you? Still, still has not hit a home run at Coors Field. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're paying guys hundreds. You're paying them well over $100 million. You look at what they make, and you're like, ah, oh, man, this is great. We signed this guy. Let's have a press conference. And they stink. I mean, mo- a lot of these guys do not live up to the money that they're paying them. I mean, that's the thing. And they're long-term deals, so you're stuck with them. It's not like you're overpaying them for one year. You're, It's long-term. So Ryan Mountcastle setting himself up. A's got to keep the ball in the yard. Waldachuk, Waldachuk. He needs to keep the ball in the yard. He's given up seven home runs already. 14 runs, seven home runs, eight and two-thirds combined innings. Five of his home runs have come against – five of the seven home runs have been off fastballs. That's not good. You've got to – you've got to – you you, you, you got to be better than that. By the way, play the conspiracy music. Here's my conspiracy. As you saw, five home runs last night to open up the Rogers Center. They brought the fences in. They were already fifth in home runs last year for a ballpark. Fifth most home runs hit at that ballpark. They're probably going to be number one now. The projections from what happened last year, if you use those projections and what the new wall is, they would have been number one. Five home runs. Five. I came up with this in the A's Clubhouse show two nights ago. I don't know if you've heard this anywhere else, but I said, I'm noticing a really bad trend. Whoops, sorry. 
that bad trend is launch angle for players is down, home runs are up. How's that possible? People have talked about a two-strike approach back in baseball. My theory, turn that down a little bit. My theory two nights ago was ball's juiced again. We know, we know, we've talked about this. We know they can control it. Ball's juiced again. We're back to like 2019. Home runs are up. Launch angle down, home runs up. Townsend, you're crazy. Am I crazy? Look around the league. Ball is flying out. Pitchers are supposed to be ahead of hitters. It's cold, and balls are just flying out like it's unbelievable. I did a little digging today. Asked somebody that I trust that actually is in uniform in a dugout in Major League Baseball. I presented some evidence. I said, do you believe that the ball is juiced again? The answer was, yes, of course it is. You've already had people speculate last year. We're using different baseballs. or If we're playing an Apple game on Thursday night, these baseballs are different. You've had all that speculation, right? We talked about it yesterday. But now you start asking people in uniform who are seeing these balls, they're seeing the data, they're seeing the numbers, they see it all. Balls are flying out again at a record rate. And I understand where baseball is. Baseball is making radical changes. For a sport that never makes changes, they were making radical changes. They were afraid. What happens if stuff goes wrong? As a business, I understand that. It's a business. If stuff goes wrong, what do you do? You juice up the baseball. Because as long as the ball is flying out and there's entertainment and guys are going around the bases and everybody's cheering, everything's fine. As long as there's home runs, everything's fine, right? We've learned that. Do people stop going to games during the steroid era because players are on PEDs? Oh, no, they still went. Uh, They still went. Like, when when in doubt, what brought baseball back? Baseball canceled its World Series, 94. They canceled the World Series. So many people said, to hell with baseball, I'm out. Well, you had Cal Ripken come back. Well, you had Cal Ripken, his streak. That brought some people back. That was a great story. But what brought people back to baseball? Home runs. Home runs. Juiced up players hitting home runs at a record pace. McGuire, Sosa, then Bonds. It's fact. Home runs make people want to watch. Chicks dig the long ball. Go to YouTube. Heather Locklear, back back in the day with Maddox and Glavin. It's a Nike. It was Nike, right? Um, I think it was yeah. a Nike commercial. Yeah, it's a great one, video. One of the great commercials of all time. McGuire's hitting home runs. <laughs> it's one the, they start working out. We got some Cy Youngs over here. <laughs> um, that That's just a reality. Home runs are king. So it's not a conspiracy anymore, in my opinion. Ball's juiced again. So, yeah, you can sit here and say, oh, the A's have given all these up, but everybody's giving up home runs. I mean, balls are just flying out of the yard. First game, we talked about it yesterday. Hey, let's just see how these new changes work up in Toronto. First game, five dingers. Six total because Detroit hit one, too. <laughs> I mean, is Ryan, Ryan Mountcastle that great? I mean, I'm not saying he's not. I mean, but he, I mean, th- I mean, this guy's on pace for what? Look at some of the paces these guys are on. Yeah. 
He's hit 55 home runs the last two years combined coming into this year. He might hit 55 this year alone, the way he's going. Uh, uh, Luis Arise, who you who you don't like, who you said you didn't like, you hated that trade. You, why, I don't care if he goes to the Marlins. Why do I care about him? He doesn't have a position to play, and he only hits for average. He's hitting 537. Oh, did I – I thought I, I I sent the sound to myself of the the call too. By the way, the highest batting average through a team's first twelve games, dating back to nineteen forty seven. I have no idea. And what arise, by the way, hit for the cycle last night. First Marlin ever. I have the first Marlin ever. Four thousand seven hundred games. He's the first Marlin to hit for the cycle. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. It's one of those that really doesn't matter, but that's a nice little note. I mean, it's, they've been around since, what, 93? That's their it's first. It's a nice little note. First cycle. You know who hates the cycle? Vince Catronio. I always text oh, him Oh, I don't have to do the third inning hit today, but if I did, I would troll Vinny by playing it. Yeah. Hey, Vinny, isn't that the most amazing thing? First Marlin cycle. So, since 1947, this is the highest batting average ever through the first 12 games. Now... I have the highest. Now, the second highest is Stan Musial at 551. He was a nice player. Dave Chalk in 1975, 541. Wally Moon, as you recall, in 1961. How can I forget? Uh, Ramon Hernandez, 2006, was hitting 526. Get him on the line. Yeah. Ace translator. But who, in 1997, 564. 564, friend of the program, always have him on when we play this certain team. He's a Vegas legend oh. as he's one of the all-time – he's revered in uh, minor leagues in Vegas because he was a Las Vegas star, and he was a star of the Las Vegas stars. 40th anniversary of baseball in Vegas, uh, minor league baseball. Uh, that'd be the great Sandy Almar Jr.? Not his brother, not Roberto Alomar. Not the Hall of Famer, yeah. not his father. Yeah. Sandy Alomar Jr. had a batting average of 564 through the first 12 games. Pretty uh, pretty, pretty cool. But Arise is, is, is definitely dealing. So I, I'm going to ask Bob Nightingale coming up here from the USA Today. Ball's flying out again. I thought it, I, I, I came up with a conspiracy, but there's people in uniform who – they're like, yep, it's back. Now, baseball has the, I don't know, Bob may think we're crazy. But baseball just seems to have the ability to, when they want to juice it, when they don't want to juice it, when they want to change it, it's pretty, um, that's what a lot of people in uniform believe. Do we have him? Yep. Now joining us here on A's Cast Live, one of our all-time favorites, one of the top columnists in all of baseball for the USA Today the great, the great Bob Nightingale is with us. Bob, how are you? You're doing great. How about yourself? We're, we're doing well, and obviously the A's are off to a tough start, and a lot of home runs we've been watching. Uh, the A's have been giving giving up, but we've been following the game, and we know that launch angle to start the season is down for hitters, but yet home runs are up. I've been fishing around. A lot of people are starting to get a little worried that we got to – we may have another juice ball going on in baseball. And I would understand 
I know this is a conspiracy theory. I would understand that baseball with the new rules may be a little bit worried. They know that no matter what, if they're hitting home runs, people are going to be cool. Are you worried that we got a little too much of a live ball going right now? That's what it's been talked about. We're seeing the ball fly. I mean, I just saw uh, about a minute ago, Jerry Kelnick go upper deck at Wrigley Field. Wow. Not too many guys do that. So, I, yeah, I, I, I do kind of wonder about that. You know, we always have different theories about the ball flying and juice and this and that. But, yeah, it certainly, uh, it certainly does seem to be flying more than normal. You know, when you get off to a slow start like the Oakland Athletics, Bob, you know, what's the thought process from a front office when we, we know what the situation is in Oakland right now, but still you've got a team. 2023, you got to try and do what's best. You still got to try and win. What do you think the pro- thought process is for David Forrest in the front office of the A's? Just to kind of write it out, you know, that's going to uh, be, a, be a lot of growing pains and uh, and things like that. I mean, you're not going to win the division. So, you know, you might as well, uh, you know, stay the course. No, no sense of, you know, you've gotten this far. No sense of trade prospects or anything like that. So I think you just kind of uh, – you know, the, the big thing is to making sure the guys' spirits don't get completely down where they give up before the game starts. And, uh, you know, that can, that can happen to a, to a number of teams, even, you know, particularly teams that are supposed to be good and struggle. So it's a, it's a lot you know, goes on with a Mark Conte where he says, you know what, he's got to keep, you know, keep those guys' spirits up and remind them, hey, you're in the big leagues and uh, a lot, there's a lot of people watching you right now. Well, I tell people all, all the time that they should subscribe to the USA Today, and I still get Sports Weekly that has all your articles. And this past week, uh, they had your article in there that you did about Dusty Baker, and I know about your friendship with Dusty and how long you've known him. And is this the last hurrah for the great Dusty Baker? One thing in the article that I love is that Dusty Baker doesn't want any farewell tour. He doesn't want to be that guy. I, I don't know if this is going to be the last year, but – what a ride it has been for Dusty. You think of everything of how it started when he went to Houston to where he is now. So what do you think? Do you think this is it for Dusty Baker, or could there be more years in Texas? I would think this would probably be it. I think something, uh, you know, strange or magical, whatever we want to call it, would have to happen for him to come back. You know, just win the World Series. It's done everything possible. You know, 73 years old. So, uh, you know. I would I would be surprised if it if it came back after this I really would, uh, but you never know. And uh, yeah, like you said, he's not gonna he's not gonna announce anything ahead of time. He doesn't want that uh, publicity. And if you talk to a guy like Bruce Bochy, he regrets doing what he did. He says it was a nightmare that final year in San Francisco, going from city to city and uh, having all the farewells and the ceremonies. He said the only the only good thing he got out of it was a whole lot of uh, bourbon and wine. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Love Bruce Boach. He's a he's a great man. And yeah, when you think about Boach, that is such a tough situation to where you're getting pushed out and you're not done. I mean, just happy how happy. God, we're sticking in division, by the way. From good, talking about the Astros now to the Rangers, you know they've gotten out to they got out to a hot start. It's kind of evened out now. But just how happy are you for Bochi that he's back running a team where he should be? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in the uh, major fraternity is thrilled for him. You know, he kept asking people all spring, hey, you think I'm stupid to do this? You know, what, what do you think? He said, no, you're still in your blood. You know, you weren't ready to step away. 
and uh, yeah, they're off to a nice start. And uh, yeah, he's enjoying this. I think I think he just he missed it. He wanted to go on in his own terms, not not being kind of for, forced out. You know, you think about is it, whether you look at a guy like Dusty Baker or Bruce Bochy, or you look at a Buck Showalter, or you look at anybody that ha- has been in the game a long time. I just think about anybody's bosses. I mean, if you have a boss who is younger and doesn't have a lot of experience, there, there, there's, you know, the respect level is a little different than someone that's been there, done that, you know they've had the success. Just talk about just from just everyday life, the way we view our own bosses, whether we're talking about a major league baseball manager or just a manager at your job, how if someone has been successful and they have a resume, far different than a young guy who's still trying to prove himself and who has no resume. Yeah, it makes it definitely, yeah, definitely tough. I mean, you look at it, Chris, I mean, here's Bruce Bush. You had Brian Sabian all those years. You had Kevin Towers all years before that. So yeah, a lot of it is just a, uh, you know, kind of a trust factor and, a, you know, friendship factor. You know, now, of course, he's got Chris Young, who, uh, you know, who played for him uh, before in San Diego. So a lot of it is just a, uh, you know, that relationship you have between manager, you know, manager and GM to see how, you know, uh, you know, where you go. Because there's so many tough times, too, where you need a uh, someone to talk with, someone to have a glass of wine with, you know, after some tough losses. You know, when I think about the new rules, run, baby, run. The Guardians with 19 are leading this thing. Uh, the A's are taking on the Orioles. They're 17 for 18 in steals, tied with Arizona for the second most steals. What do you think about the teams that are embracing the new rules and they not only are they stealing a lot of bases, but they're taking 90 feet at will? Yeah. I mean, you're seeing teams like Arizona running run wild, uh, the young teams, the Guardians, the Baltimore Orioles, it used to be just a home run or, you know, nothing. They hit his stolen bases there. So, yeah, the young guys are taking off. You know, you're not seeing the, uh, you know, the guys who don't run. They're not selling stealing bases. But it's almost like a, a free pass. You, you time it right. There's only two engagements for the pitchers. So, you know, the third one, you better be right. Yeah. So it makes it more exciting baseball for sure. And then when they did those fan surveys, you know, the fans said, hey, the, uh, the most favorite player play of all is the, is the triple. The second most favorite play is the stolen base. Really? The second most popular? Yeah, when they did all the fan surveys, it's like the fans wanted more action. I think fans got sick of a home runs or walks. Like, put the ball in play, have some rallies. You know, the way it's described to me, you know, by uh, I think Theo Epstein was the one who said it. He says, it'd be like, you know, if you're watching games, say Tom Brady at quarterback, and the entire game, all he's doing is throwing 60 yard bombs. You know, some hit, some don't. He goes, the beautiful thing about, you know, football a lot of times is, is that drive. And I think in baseball, we were missing that rally. We weren't seeing rallies. Well, today, that I'm doing TV today here at NBC in San Francisco. And when you're doing TV, you start to hear the TV numbers. And they've, they've told us around the league, baseball ratings for all the different teams for a whole, not every team, but ratings are up. And what they're noticing in the ratings is that people are watching for a longer time period. So what they're saying is games are faster. That's brought more people to television sets. And since the game is moving so fast, the retention is there. People are staying longer to watch the game. Does that surprise you at all? 
It doesn't, just because I've seen it, Chris. I've seen it in uh, Houston. I've seen Phoenix, places I've been. Uh, people are staying to the end of games now because it's quicker. Before, you say, okay, let me leave after the seventh inning, eighth inning. I've seen enough. It's getting late. Now people are saying, hey, let me stay to the end. I'd be curious to see what's happening at Dodger games. You know, I mean, Dodger fans are <laughs> notorious for showing up late, leaving early. Are they finally all staying to the end? A lot, you know, what the telltale sign too right now is that four teams have already cheer, changed their policy. They're selling beer now through the eighth inning and not to the seventh inning. So we're saying, you know what? Let me get some more beer sales in because these games are going too quick. Yeah, that that that's one of the one of the funny things about the early part of the season. Yeah, we need to sell more beer. We need more profit. These games are going fast. Uh, we we just saw the Rays. Rays are a well-oiled machine. I really don't care what anybody has to say about the schedule. The schedule is the schedule. You're going to play everybody. You get out of the gate winning 11 in a row. You're setting yourself up for a 100-plus win season. Uh, your thoughts on the early start by the Rays? They are smoking hot, and they're looking to sweep the Red Sox today. Yeah, no, I'm with it, Chris. I mean, they're all major league teams. I don't care, you know, how weak the opponent may look on paper. Anybody can beat anybody in, in baseball particularly given pitching matchups. Very impressive. And I'm talking to scouts uh, during spring. You know, they said watch out for the Rays. They said this pitching is unbelievable, that this may be the best Rays team they've had. And they've been a good, you know, team for a long, long time. And, you know, it's a shame, you know, fans don't come out to, to see that team because it's been a, uh, a consistent winner. And this team looks like a juggernaut right now uh, in the AL East. Uh, you know, what a great race between – you know, the Yankees and Rays and, of course, the uh, Blue Jays. You know, a lot of times we just want to stick to baseball, but the business of baseball is it's definitely changing. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the Athletic put out today uh, more teams that are connected to Bally's are not being paid. So I believe that six teams that are being cut off from their television contracts, the payments, I don't know how many more this is going to happen to. We know the three or four teams connected with Time Warner. That's all bad. Uh, how do you think this plays out during, forget long term, just this season, cable provider not paying the teams but still airing the games. Uh, this is bad news for baseball. No, it is. I mean, Major League Baseball has said, hey, we'll still air those games. Uh, the teams will get their money. They may not get it right away, but they'll get it. But it's almost like this is what, uh, you know, this is what's going on here. Uh, you know, people are, are streaming games and stuff. People are tired of the uh, of cable. So, you know what, it's a whole lot lot cheaper to go this way. So, uh, it'll be interesting the way that the TV future, you know, goes here. Like I said, I mean, rings are up in a lot of cities. But, you know, some of these places are saying, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm not getting my money for the buck. In those days of, you know, getting me out $110, $120 million at, a year to a team for TV uh, isn't working financially. So it's a, it's a concern for sure. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Major League Baseball just ends up taking those things over and say, you know what, we'll just, we'll just have our own network to it. Did you ever think in your career you'd ever start writing and investigating that Major League Baseball would be getting into the cable business? No, you know, it was just it was it was so booming. I mean, you know, even remember the Dodgers got their deal. It's like, man, they're getting about two hundred fifty million dollars a year, and everywhere you turn around, teams are making a mint uh, off the off, off the TV deals. 
So now it's a, yeah, it's a shame what's going on. Uh, you know, just uh, you wonder uh, where, the, where teams are going to get that money. And, you know, all those contracts are already out there. So we'll see if teams say, you know what, we're not going to throw that money out there this winter. Maybe that's why St. Louis, you know, didn't, you know, go big in the free agent market saying we know this is going to come and kind of uh, stall during the winter. Yeah, that's interesting. We were all at the winter meetings when Rob Manfred said, RSNs are not the future, and that just kind of shows that baseball is going to be changing. Is there anything big you're working on that we can uh, look forward to in the USA Today? No, I'm kind of doing a uh, – right now watching the uh, Brewers. The Brewers have bounced back and uh, doing a thing like Garrett Mitchell where, uh, you know, Garrett went to UCLA. His uh, wife went to Oregon. She was a big-time softball player. They're both All-Americans. Got married. Now they're, now they're going to San Diego where they uh, – where they met during COVID, so they did the uh, they, they did the whole dating experience uh, just through uh, FaceTime and hanging on the beach with, with takeout food. So at least COVID helped some people. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know how much we love your work and how much we always appreciate you stopping by the show. You be well, my friend, and we'll talk soon. All right, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Chris. The great Bob Nightingale from the USA Today. I know he's ruffled some people's feathers, but, you know, he reports what he hears. And you may not always like what he hears. Do you, do you remember what Garrett Mitchell said? He had a walk-off the other day. I have the audio. Garrett Mitchell hit a home run, and he was asked about it. And, uh, well, here's what he said. You know, I was thinking about this, but uh, when my wife doesn't show up to the games, usually something good happens. So, at the, <laughs> going into that battle, I was like, man, well, she's not here, so might as well do something fun. Uh... How would your wife feel if you said that on national television? My wife doesn't watch, so I can't really. I can say what I want. No, yeah, my 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 <laughs> wife every day goes, uh, "What are you doing today?" Same thing I did yesterday, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, and it's like it's it's like it's it's uncanny how she asked me. So, uh, what are you doing today? Uh, you know, I work in baseball, right? You know, we play every day. <laughs> Like, I put the app on your damn phone. Just click schedule, and you'll see what I'm doing every day. The ske- it's pretty simple. If you want to know what we're doing every day, just go to the schedule, and it tells you every day what we're doing. When I came in yesterday to leave, she, uh, your wife said to me, is Chris still doing pregame? And I'm like, yeah, he'll be done in like 30 minutes or so. <laughs> been doing the same thing for how many years? Like, you think you'd figure it out. Um uh, Number one thing out of that, the ball's juiced again. And I was wondering how Bob was going to go with it. So I thought I might be, you know, here Townsend is on the postgame show again, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? A lot of people are just going, wow, the amount of home runs to start the season's insane. Balls are just flying. And that, that, I can give you all this data, right? I can give you data like fastball usage. I just had it yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Fastballs are faster than ever before, yet pitchers are not throwing them as much. Why? Why? Why would you throw breaking balls more than you would throw fastballs? It's easier traditionally to throw strikes with a ball that's going more straight than a ball that's not. And if you have movement on a ball that's going that hard, it should be harder to hit. Something's going on. It's just not right. 
guys are – and maybe that's one of the reasons why we see pitchers who can't go deep. We see pitchers get hurt a lot because it's slider, 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 right on the elbow, slider, slider, slider. I mean, we see so many sliders because guys are not pitching to pitch deep into games. Guys are just trying to be great for the short amount of time they're out there, which was something you guys liked because you play fantasy baseball. So if you play fantasy baseball and the guy goes five innings and strikes out nine, yeah, he didn't give up any runs and he struck out nine. Did his job. He got me points. But we're actually in the world of winning and losing actual games, and now we have 8,000 bullpen guys coming in, and when you have bullpen guys throwing more than your starters – Uh, that is a recipe for absolute disaster. And now, I don't know what we do. Guys are throwing harder than ever before, but they're throwing their fastball less. They're going less innings, and the ball's flying out of the ballpark the way it is. We just saw two guys go on the injured list. Brandon Woodruff's on the injured list and Zach Eflin. Yeah, we didn't. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah. As you got Uh, me playing fantasy uh, this year. And I have Eflin, so. (laughs) I mean, mean, what's going on? How are guys throwing harder than ever before, spinning it more than ever before, doing all this stuff more than ever before, and home runs are still being launched out? And you could say a lot of contact, not as much. I mean, early on we're seeing a lot of contact. We're seeing a lot of contact. I mean, is basically pitching stink? Is pitching just stink all around baseball? I don't think so, but – I mean, I'm looking. The Rays have 29 home runs in 11 games. The Dodgers have 21 and 12. The Giants have 20 and 11. Orioles 18 and 11. But the Orioles have hit most of those recently. But yeah, Tampa Bay 29 and 11 games. I mean, they're on they're on pace to shatter the Twins' record that was set only a few years ago. But go down that list, man. Everybody's hitting them. Everybody's yeah. hitting them except the bad teams, which were one of them. The Nationals have five in 13 games. Yeah, because they're bad. Guardians have six. They're bad. Well, no, they're they are. Twins have are the. Uh, Cubs have nine, Twins have ten. So, your fightings only have eleven, and that's all they do is hit home runs. But that you're just going to the bottom. I mean, look at the top of the list, man. These are crazy amount of home runs. These teams are hitting two or more home runs a game, a game. I mean, already first game in Rogers Center. There's changes. There's five home runs. What are they on pace for to hit in 81 games at the Rogers Center? Uh, they're on pace. They hit five yesterday, so 80 games left. They're on pace. And to oh, hit by the 400. Oh, by the way, we're in game three, right? Yes. A four-game set. Oh yeah. By the way, that that I said Rays looking to sweep. That actually is a four-game set. So they're not looking to sweep. Looking just to win yet. the series just yet. Um. We've had three or four balls that w- would have been home runs in the old configurations of Baltimore. So you would tack on three more. At least. At least. Those are three on Monday, right? Against the yeah. balls that they teed off on Sears. I mean, I like how games are faster. I just I, – I, you want home runs to mean something. You know, once, once, once you have – once you have – once you have too many touchdowns, you're arena football. It's a good way to put it, right? You, you, it's just there's, 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 it's, it's, it's not, it's not special anymore. It's or just your Big like, Twelve football. Yeah, I mean, it's like watching yeah, exactly. A great <laughs> point. Big Twelve football. Watching the Big Twelve, <laughs> no defense between Oklahoma State and Kansas State. It's just like, oh my God, it's tough to watch. It's four hours of no defense, not entertaining. So, if you hit three home runs and I hit four home runs, but it's just like, 
we want to get baseball back to being played a way where we're looking at great defense. We're looking at situational baseballs, base hits, and runners moving around. And if it's just all still hitting the ball out of the ballpark, I don't know. That hasn't tra- – over the years, you would think that would translate, but it hasn't really translate into it, – it translated into – it translates into fan interest, but the problem was it made the game so long and so boring, people didn't care anymore. Maybe sticking with that theme of a ton of home runs, but the games are quicker, maybe it'll be good for baseball. But at just some point, it's like, wow. I mean, are is pitching really this bad? Again, I don't think so. But, it, I mean, if the balls are juice and people are teeing up your, and you're not throwing fastballs and they're timing up your breaking balls or your, or your sweeper. Your sweeper. That everyone keeps throwing. You're going to get a lot of home runs. I'm trying to see what the Yankees did today. If they if they had a home run in their game, they already played today. Yeah, they played. They lost. They beat the Guardians four three. Guardians now seven and six, still winning record. Uh, Yankees. Franchi Cordero, his fourth home run for the Yankees. He he's been on like every team the last few years. Fourth home run. Yankees had another home run. They win. It's going to be the big one in the notes tomorrow. Yankees hit another home run. I mean, are we? This is. Captain early, I get it. But, I mean, how many guys are on pace to hit over 40 this year? Let's just look at the individual. Who's leading baseball in home runs? Brandon Lowe's had a home run in four straight games. <laughs> uh, Pete Alonso is six. Mount Kessel is five. Brian Reynolds came back down to earth. He hasn't hit one since last week. Uh, our good friend Luis Robert has five. Not Robert. Uh, Bo Bichette has four. Xander Bogarts has four. Short stops. Yeah. C.J. Crone has four. He's always he's in home runs, of course. Rafael Devers has four. Wander Franco has four. That's my guy, by the way. Brandon Lau, four. Logan O'Hoppy has four. That'd be the great catcher of the Angels. We want to go into business with him with a brewery. I won't say his name. But Not a brewery, an Irish pub. Excuse me. I won't say his name, but he plays first base for the Braves. You can Matt assume. Olsen, he's got four. Uh, let's I see. always said, I, I am on record if we went back and checked, I said if there was one of these guys that we got that I'm going to pay, who was it? Medelson. I always said. I said that for years, especially when I knew Matt Chapman had turned down the contract. Who leads baseball? Let's see if they have it here and qualified. Uh, Luisa Rise leads with five. Who is second in baseball, first in the American League in, in batting average? <laughs> Go ahead. Be Matt Chapman in his three home runs and 15 runs driven in. He's hitting 477. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. It's contract here. Yeah, good for him. I, I mean, I I would hate to see Matt Chapman have to live with he turned down $150 million and he never comes close to that number. Yeah. Matt Chapman's a good person. He's only going to be with, I think he's going to turn 30. I like him. I know, I know he rubbed some people wrong. He never rubbed us wrong. I just didn't like all the strikeouts and the fact that he was hitting 220, 230. If he doesn't do that, yeah, what a what a player he can be. But if you're always hitting 220, 230, but that's good for him. I'm looking at this list a lot. I, hope, I, I mean, you know what would be nice for, for, for Matt Chapman is if he signed this extension with the Blue Jays. This is a perfect place for him where – see, this was the thing. If you needed Matt Chapman to be the guy, he's not going to be that guy. Matt Chapman is not going to put up – these kind of numbers in Oakland. But when Matt Chapman can be one of the guys, right? Mm-hmm. When you already have Vladdy, Bo, 
You got these guys. Are You brought in Springer. You got these guys. You fit in. And we saw that when the Jays came to town last year. Matt Chapman around the A's was the leader. He was the guy, right? Well, we saw with the Jays. He's not the guy. He's fitting in. Not to say his bravado's gone. Matt Chapman is going to be a bravado guy. It's who he is. It's what makes him who he is. I got no problem with that. We used to talk about the legendary battles between him and Bob Melvin hitting fungos. It was awesome. But Matt Chapman is thriving as a player who can just, hey, you're, you're one of this group. Don't screw it up. And, oh, yeah, you're in a highly offensive ballpark, highly offensive league. That's so much better than, than him being, he's the guy, he's the, like, like where's he hitting in the lineup? Uh, let's see where he hit yesterday. I think it's towards the bottom, actually. At least in 477. Might want to move him up. Uh, let me just pull it up. But sometimes, that, I mean, look, Matt Chapman, you, you tell Matt Chapman you're the main part of this offense and you're hitting third. Chapman batted one, two, three, four, fifth yesterday. Yeah, whenever I check their box scores, he's like sixth, seventh. Just look at that. Just, just look. Read, read me the top four names: Springer, Bichette, Guerrero. Those are the guys I mentioned. Varsho, guy they got from the D-backs. Uh, then you have Belt after him. Alejandro Kirk's a good hitter. Kevin Vigio. Hell, even Kevin Kiermaier hit a home run yesterday. Yeah, for for Matt Chep. But going back to Matt Olson, I said it. If you listen to this show, if you watch, listen to this show, if you listen to Post I was like, if I'm putting money into anybody, and I also used to say if there's anybody who's going to win an MVP, it's going to be Matt Olson. He's trying that way right now. He's, He's the guy I would offer the money to. But not everybody views baseball the way I do. I always viewed Olsen as better than Chapman, yet the organization made the big offer to Chapman. To each his own. But I would I would offer the big money and said, you're our franchise guy. We want to have you be here. That's the guy I would have put the money around. Someday, and I've said this too, mark my words, I don't know how many he'll get. He will get some Hall of Fame votes someday. Matt Olsen's going to hit over 400 home runs. He's going to have a gold gloves, and someday someone's going to say, yep, check the box, Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know if he gets 1%, 8%, 50%. I don't know. Somebody will vote for it. He will get some Hall of Fame votes someday. That's my prediction. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm curious to see, because we've seen guys who've gotten one or two votes before. Oh, my God, the great Stephanie Gaywood's here. And that's how it's worked out. Stephanie Gaywood's here. Ladies and gentlemen, when you talk the star of stars, obviously Friday night is the big NBC. Can you get her a headset, please? You can have mine. Give her her the headset. She's here at NBC. We got the big uh, auction on Friday night, NBC Sports California. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, So I'm figuring you're here getting everything ready. Yeah, we just did a cool walkthrough. I've never been in the studios before, Um, but we're ready to go and hope everyone's ready to bid. Well, you know, we, we, we were talking about it like the Ace Community Fund does so much for so many people. And when we put these things on, this is basically about helping people helping people in the East Bay, helping people in Oakland. We'll put on the show. We'll do all of that. But in the end, 
it's who it's for is what's the main thing. Yeah, we're only as good as our community. So it's our job as a Major League Baseball team to be a hand up to our community. And the only way we could do that is with donations. So this broadcast auction, it's our second time doing it. Um, it raised incremental dollars, um, which goes to scholarships, our grant yeah. program, um, and future A's, which continue to grow the game of baseball. So now there's some really cool stuff that you can bid on this Friday. Mm -hmm. Give us some. Give us some of the menu that people can say, oh, I want in on that. I'm the fantasy camp. I heard about that. <laughs> Folks, the fantasy camp one. I mean, fan we've now done fantasy camp. Fantasy camp's incredible. Yeah. We're going to have to have, a, have you out there, Townie, in fantasy camp, like, dressed next Oh, you year. want me playing? I want it to be you. Oh. I want to let you prepare. I'm going to have to start getting, I'm gonna have to start getting <laughs> in shape. Get that workout going. I saw what happened to Brody Brazil. <laughs> it was not pretty. I was there. We witnessed it. Oh. <laughs> Well, we have some cool experiences. One is a meet and greet with Ricky Henderson. I mean, Hall of Famer. Who wants to turn that down? Come on. Um, if you want to do something special for your kid, we have a birthday party at the Stomping Ground, which includes a visit with Stomper and an honorary A's player. So your child will get to dress up like a Major League Baseball player, hang out in the dugout, go to batting practice, and do a first hit. Not a first pitch. A first hit where they are pitched to and they get to run to first place. In front of the crowd? In front of the crowd. Has that ever happened? Um, a couple years ago. It was a make-a-wish. It was a make-a-wish activity. Um, so we are so repurposing it. You can actually hit in front of the crowd? Hit in front of the crowd. And you get to sign a mock contract with David Forrest. I want. I, I'm. How much do I bid for? Would it would it, would it? would it be weird if it was me? Yes, it would be weird. It would be weird. All right, I won't bid. Um, Maybe your daughters. Your daughters could get in. Yeah, game. I mean, I I think that. I mean, just to just to have the experience to be in front of the crowd mm -hmm. and you get to take an at bat. I mean, yeah. My God, it's so cool. That is amazing. What else we got? Um, let me see. Oh, the road trip. Those are always my favorite. An opportunity to cheer on your A's at a different ballpark. Um. This year, with the schedule being a little bit different of seeing every single MLB team, the road trip is in Miami. South uh, Beach. South Beach. I'll bet on that. Sun, sun, sun. She comes from the Marlins. She knows. <laughs> yes. Folks, I'm going to tell you, my time with the Raiders when we went and played the Dolphins and got to hang out at South Beach for a weekend, uh, I came away with one thing. It's as advertised. Everything you've seen in mm -hmm. TV, mm -hmm. everything you've seen in movies, everything you see when you talk about South Beach in Miami, it's all real. It's a great time, and why not have a great time and catch a little bit of baseball when the A's play the Marlins? So definitely bid on that experience. You'll have an opportunity to stay at the Ritz-Carlton in Key Biscayne um, and rub a few elbows with some of our players. And how about the Clevelander? Oh, the, the, <laughs> the pool the pool is real at the Mar at the Marlins ballpark. Yes, there is a pool. I think they've renamed it, but there's still like a really cool fun area in the outfield right next to the visiting bullpen. So It's a bar. <laughs> it's a bar. They sell these slushy drinks. Yeah. And there's people swimming in the pool. Like I I walked in I'm like it's real. This stuff is all real. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a great time. I miss Miami, so hopefully one of our lucky fans will get to join us out there and Taken all that Miami has. Don't be a stranger. Thanks for having me in this impromptu moment. Thanks for stopping by, <laughs> and uh, good luck with the auction. That's going to be awesome on Thank NBC you. Sports California. Anything you want to talk about how they can – 
be a part of it? Yeah, visit athletics.com slash broadcast auction on Friday starting at 6, 10 p.m. You have a short window until the last out of the game to place your bid. So get to it. Coming up next, Bip Roberts right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, joining us here in the studios, NBC Sports, California and Bay Area in San Francisco. This guy and I will be doing A's pre and A's post before today's game, game three between the Athletics and the Orioles. Uh, for everybody watching, it's very obvious. It's a great Bip Roberts, but if you're listening, this guy, former All-Star, a kid from Oakland, also played for the A's, a terrific career in Major League Baseball. And now, I mean, everything he's done, whether it's real estate, it's coaching, it's broadcasting, he's a man of many, many talents. How are you, my friend? I am well, man. It's good to be here. So you're back on the beam. We saw it was yesterday your first game or two days ago? Two days ago. First uh, first games, first series of my 23rd year. So we've been here 23 years now. 23 years? Yeah, you, you, man. Were you here when it was Fox? I was. So you've gone from Fox Sports to Comcast, Comcast. Comcast Sports Net <laughs> right. to NBC Sports. We've actually gone from having – what was it? A little box on the t- on the on the field, two chairs. Yes. Glenn and myself. We would do pregame and pregame only. By the time the first pitch was thrown, I was in my car driving home. Back then, and we did the A's and the Giants at the same time, which was great. But now we're in a studio. We either do one or the other. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, I mean, God, you could be Giants, you could be A's, yeah. you could. They'd have you doing news. <laughs> Right. They had you do, remember that you'd be on the news. I mean, they, Bip Roberts would come in and they'd put you on every show. I mean, you did yeah. up on the yeah. hockey show. Next, you know, he's talking sharks. You did everything. Yeah, we did everything. We had fun, man. It was just one of those things where we were all trying to find our way. Put that up, just and a little uh, bit. we were just coming there in, just ready to do whatever was there. It was fun, man. We had a good time. I uh, yeah. I mean, twenty. You've been here twenty three years. This Who would have thought? I haven't been anywhere twenty three years. Are you the longest analyst they've ever had here? I think Shooty's right there with me. I, I believe. But Shooty didn't do all the stuff. You Shooty didn't do Giants. Well, we did. Well, no, I don't think he did. No, Giants. You, you did Giants. Did you did everything. And then Giants because we had the monitor on the field. And then I think there were days Shooty would do it, then there were days I would do it. But I, I don't know if he did Giants. I'd have to no, ask him that. I don't think Shooty did. I mean, you might be – I'm thinking of everybody they've had. The, no one Sharks, no one Warriors has switched throughout the years. All the old Warrior people don't do it anymore. You might be the longest-running analyst in this cable network history. So I could be the fossil 
as we would call it. We got to get you a plaque. Like year 25, <laughs> they're going to have to put a plaque out here for you. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's been some incredible names and great players, great people. They used to have the – they used to have the sit-down show where they'd bring in all the different people who'd come to the Bay Area and everything. You've had some incredible names that have come into the studio, some of the greatest personalities, some of the greatest players in the history of sports. And to think when it's all said and done, no one's been around longer than you. That says a lot about you. Well, I, I'm probably the one who said I would want to stay in my community more than going national. Because most guys, and, and I remember when Joe was still alive, he would say, hey, I want you to go to ESPN. And I would say, Joe, I don't want to do ESPN because that means I have to travel and do red yeah. eye all over again. And it's almost like when you were playing. You're in different cities every night. I just didn't want to go through that again. I wanted to find a place I could call home, stay in the community, and just work there. Well, you found that. And I think that's the thing about, I mean, your time with the A's wasn't very long. But obviously the A's, what they meant to you as a guy that grew up in Oakland, and it's so funny, you know, a lot of people behind the scenes don't see it, but I've gotten to see it. Like on a day when Dave Stewart's jersey was retired and you being a part of that and being a part of that Oakland fraternity of former players, African-American players, you know, when, when I got, see, you know, I've seen your interaction, whether it's Stu, someone like Reggie Jackson. I mean, these guys have been a part of your life for a long, long time. They have been. Ricky Anderson. Yeah, and it goes back to the 72, 73, 74, when I was a big A's fan and wanted to be just like Campy Campaneers. That mm -hmm. was my guy. And so to meet Campy was just like a, a dream come true, an honor to meet Campy. Um, but to be a part of the Oakland community and to know the history of the Oakland community and how many guys have come through this, through the Oakland area, and it started with – I guess Veda and Kurt and, and, and Frank and then Willie Starr, Joe, and, and all of those guys, Joe Morgan, of course. And I got a chance to meet Joe Morgan when I was in high school and play catch with Joe Morgan. And, man, I was in awe of, of, of little Joe and rest, rest in peace. Um, but to know that so many guys came through here to kind of pave the way for me, being a little guy, I think Joe was the guy who really carved it out for me. Um, him being a second baseman. I was a shortstop in high school, but they kept saying, you're going to go to the other side once you become pro. And I kept saying, I'm going pro. They kept saying, yeah, you have the ability to go pro. And I think that now when I talk to a lot of my friends who I played Little League with and Babe Ruth with and through high school, they all say, we knew you were going to make it. And I said, you did. How did you know that? Because it's so difficult to make. And they just kept saying the makeup that you had back then. It just looked like you were going to be a professional ball player. But you have to have all the breaks. You have to have luck. You have to have longevity. And then you have to have the skills to go out there and perform because, you know, Tony, you don't make it to the big leagues if you don't perform. And so I was just blessed to stay healthy through the minor leagues, put up some numbers, and then get the opportunity. And your road is interesting. We, we've talked about it many times here on this program about being a Rule 5 guy and the pressure of being a Rule 5 guy and then being sent back down and then you got to earn your way back up. One of the things that I want to talk to you about here, we're going to do it a little bit later too, on the pregame show on television is, unfortunately, you played on some bad teams. <laughs> you want to remind me of that, I right? grew up, I mean, <laughs> I've told the story. I grew up watching Bip Roberts. I grew up in San Diego. I watched him play for the Padres. He was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. You played on some bad teams. You know what it's like to go out and kind of get your ass handed to you every single night. That's not easy to do. So the question is, when you look back at your career, what was that mindset like 
where it's like, man, we're not good, but man, I have to perform. I have to be good. It's it's difficult because you now start to play for numbers, and it's very difficult to play for numbers. But what you have to do is, again, you have to understand where you are as a team and continue to encourage your guys. Hey, let's keep working, guys. Do what it is that you do to make you the best player that you can be. And Tony used to always say that. If you get here at 2 o'clock, you can get your T work in. You can get your soft toss work in. You can get extra batting practice in. That's going to prepare you for the game. If you're not a guy who's going to get there early, then you're not going to be a guy who gets better. You're not going to improve because you're not working your skills the way you should work them. Baseball is a game of skills. So I would get there at 2 o'clock. I'd do my T work. I'd do my soft toss work. I'd go and i lift my weights. Then I'd come back out and take batting practice. I was gearing up for the game. And I think that's how you get better. And I was around Tony Gwynn, so I would watch what he did. I would actually hit with him at times, talk to him about the game. How do you get better? And he would explain how you get better. He would show me the five-and-a-half hole swing, how to drive the ball hard the other way. I put that into my resume and started to do the same things that he did. Now, I wasn't Tony Gwynn, but I could do a lot of the same things that he did. I could hit the ball hard the other way. I could yank you. I could put you in the seats if I had to. I could get on base. I could steal bases. I could play eight different positions. I could do whatever the coach needed for me to do to make it or play on that field. But when you start talking about playing on a, a team that didn't win a lot, it Oof. was it was really just about the brotherhood, about just enjoying my teammates. How how can we enjoy the day, <laughs> even though we know we're gonna get our hats handed to us? Hey, move your mic just off your your uh, beard. You can sign your beard. Oh, my beard. Yeah. So it, it's it's. <laughs> It's tough, especially this early in the season, right? You want to come out of spring training. We're all excited. The season started next thing you know. You're looking up and you're going, man, we've lost six in a row, two and nine, or run differentials and all that kind of stuff. But you still got to be a pro and be ready to go. I've said this about this team because a lot of people always like to say it's early. And I've said, you let me know what you think, is that, okay, it's early, but that works for teams that have a track record and teams that have actually played together and guys know each other. This A's team are all new guys playing with each other for the first time. This is their first ever road trip together. Right. Right? right. So it's, like, hard to say, well, it's early. Well, we, we don't have anything to fall back on to say that, that this thing turns around dramatically because we've never seen these, essentially, these human beings play together before. Yeah, I, I agree with that because when I was with the Reds in 92, we started off slow. But everyone on that bus, and I remember in L.A., we were all struggling. I was hitting 199, and it was almost the end of April. And I remember turning to Billy Doran and saying, you know, Billy, I'm a better player than that. I'll show you guys. I'm a better player than that. So it's the pride that we have as players, and it has to, to be shown out on the field. You say you're a better player, show me you're a better player. It also been on teams where we just weren't that good. So we didn't have a track record. But the Reds in 92 had a track record a track record of being good. So we knew we were going to come out of it, and we did. We ended up winning over 90 games. We lost to the Braves in the West. And you had some on. great players. We had some great yeah. players. But as you said, when you don't have a track record, and we had teams like that in San Diego where I didn't know where these guys came from, who they were, how they got to the big leagues, but they were there. And eventually they weren't there. So they were coming and they were going. We had a team of guys who were here today and gone tomorrow. And guys were coming in from AAA and they were here today and they were gone tomorrow. And so we understood we don't have a track record of winning. How are we going to figure this out? And Tony was on that team and he played on some bad teams as well. And we would just look at each other and say, well, 
Let's go out and see if we can get two or three today and then come out on top if we can. We need good pitch. We need good, good fielders. We need everything that you could ask for from a team to find a way to win. And we had to be perfect. And if we weren't perfect, we didn't win when we didn't have that track record. That's what scares me, what you just said, what scares me right now. Here today, gone tomorrow. You, you get to that point to where the team always forces the front office's hand, good or bad, right? If you play well, it forces them to help you out. If you play bad, it forces them to make changes. That's where I'm – I didn't think it happened this fast, but it's happening real fast – where I'm a little afraid we're not far away from what you just say, here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, and see, the thing is, when you're in AAA and you've gotten hot, the big league team knows you've gotten hot, and they want a player to come up when he's hot. They don't want a guy to come up he's cold. No, they want the guy who's hot. Now when you get to the big leagues, you have to find a way to remain hot. That's very difficult because you go from AAA, this level, to the big leagues, in my opinion, is higher. There, There is no – a league higher than the big leagues, and now you're facing all the best of the best. You come from AAA and you're hot, but you're facing guys who can shut you down. How do you remain hot? And if you're not hot, they send you back to AAA. That's how it was when we played. Nowadays, they give you a little bit of a leeway and say, well, maybe he will get hot. I remember coming up from AAA my second year. I had hit 353, and I remember Jack McKeon saying, the guys who were just caught up are not going to play. That's because they were still trying to figure out who was going to go to the playoffs, and they wanted to put a competitive team on the field. But I get there, and I look at the lineup, and I'm in the lineup. I'm like, oh, he said nobody was going to play. But I had hit 353, and I was smoking the ball, and the reports were he's hitting the ball consistently hard. Let's get him up here and get him in the lineup. That day I got three hits. I just missed a home run, just missed a foul pole in San Diego, and that's when Jack McKeon said, oh, I, I, I think he's ready. So – when you come up from AAA and you show certain things that you can hit the ball anywhere on the ball field and you're facing the best competition and you're still dominating that competition, that's how you make your name. You know, one thing we like to talk about with you guys that used to steal bases about the rule changes. Some teams are taking advantage of it. Some teams, as you know, we've talked about it, the Guardians are leading everybody, followed by Baltimore, who the A's are going to be playing here in just a little bit. And Arizona. So some teams, and Arizona was doing it all the second half. They were running like, so some teams have figured out, like, I'm going to take 90 feet, and then I'm going to take 90 feet. <laughs> right. I'm going first to third. I'm going second to home. And I, I've kind of been like, man, anybody that gets on base, knowing that a guy can only throw over really two times. Right. Right? Right. And with the pitch clock, I know when he's got to. I mean, I, I got to think someone like you would be like, man, I'm stealing every time I get on. Every time I get on, not only am I still in second, I'm still in third because I already know that if I look at the clock, you're on the mound and it gets down to one, you're not coming this way. I'm taking off at one because you're not going to throw That's over. like two steps for That's you. two steps. That, actually, our guys back in our day would be at full speed after two steps. So we're going to steal those bags easy. Catcher has no chance. Catcher has no chance. I don't care if it's Benito Santiago behind the plate who had a cannon. He's not throwing us out. What I see right now is guys are just getting these great jumps. They're getting like a, a hop, a skip, and a jump, and then they're gone. And there's no throw to first base. So how do you throw these guys out? You don't. Somebody's going to steal 50, 60, maybe 70 bases this year. And then – if they keep the rule, I think it's game on. I think we start seeing a hundo again. We see a lot of guys at 80. I just – I'm sitting here with the A's. I'm going, it's great. You're eight for eight. But, man, Ruiz, 
Let's go. I mean, Ruiz, every single time he gets on, I'm like, when's he going? When's he going? And he doesn't go. <laughs> they think this is your strength. I would love to talk to him. I haven't met him yet. I haven't seen him. I haven't been to the ballpark yet. But I'm going to get out there. And like I did with Tony Kemp last year, I asked the coaches, could I talk to him? He was struggling at the time. And we, before I could go talk to him, he came over to talk to me. And he said, man, how do you get out of a slump when you're in it? And we had a nice conversation. And that day, he started to hit the ball well. So guys are saying, man, you fixed him. I go, no, he was ready to be fixed. And he was able to be fixed. He has the tools to go out there and make adjustments. With Ruiz, I want to go out and talk to him and say, hey, you need to be more aggressive on the bases. You know how Ricky was on those bases? You can be just as aggressive. Everybody knows you're going. Everybody knows you're you going. You get on first base, the crowd, every – it didn't matter what what state – did it matter what stadium Ricky Henderson was in? Didn't matter. They knew he was going. And then we got on second base. He's going to third. He's going to third. Like, like let's go – what do we have to lose? And, and the thing about it, it will build up his confidence. And that's what you want as a, as a ball player – what, what, what do we always say? Baseball is what, 99% confidence and the other part is ability? Once he builds up his confidence, then he'll take that to the plate. He'll take that to the outfield. He will know that he can dominate a game just based on getting the first base. And that's a part of growing up as a young player. When you don't have a track record and you're trying to figure it out, you need things that you can build on. He's got speed. He can build on that. He should bunt once a game to get on first base, to steal second and third. Now he's got confidence to go up there now and swing the bat. He said bunting. All of a sudden, everybody gets nervous. Wait, what, bunting? Everybody gets nervous. Bunting? Are we allowed to say, this is, a, this is an A show. Are we allowed to say bunting? Cody, is that in, the, is that in our contracts? Can we say bunting? Uh, as we saw Tony Kemp get a bunt base hit, it's like, right. let's do this. Just whatever it is, just get on, and then once you get on, run. Right. Because you're not going to hit a ton of home runs. That's not happening. Well, what I liked about what I saw last night was they used the opposite field. There was some great at-bats last night. I mean, everybody up and down that lineup, was they were putting the ball in play. They were centering up on the barrel. Yeah, and everybody were, did something. Everybody. All nine guys did something. That's right. They got on base. Everybody was on base at least once last night. That's right, and that's what you want. You want the team to learn how to manufacture runs, and they did a great job of that last night. I didn't see any of that uh, – Lift and separate. What do you call that swing that they, everybody was using? Launch, I, I baby. Don't, I don't even like to use the word. I'll let you use that launch word. Angle. Launch angle. I, I don't even want to say the thing. word. I like how they were getting down through the baseball, hitting line drives, and driving the ball where it was pitched. That's how you come out of it as a young team. I think if they can do that consistently, they're going to win a lot of games. So I think about Ken Waldachuk going tonight. He has struggled with the fastball. And he has struggled against right-handed hitters. You as a right-handed hitter, think about it. And as a coach, as a left-handed pitcher, how, how do you get a lefty back on track against right-handed hitters? I tell him, I want you to throw inside tonight. Because if you can throw inside, you can start to move their feet. Now the hitter starts to think about leaking. And if he can leak, if he starts to leak, now you got your secondary pitches to move middle plate away, and you got a good four-seamer you can throw on the outside part of the plate. But you've got to get these hitters to think inside. Last night, I didn't see an Oreo move his feet in the box. I saw him so comfortable. That was just unbelievable to me. In our day, you're that comfortable. There's one coming up under your chin to make you move your feet. So you got to put a little bit of a fear into that hitter up in the box. There's no fear these days. Yeah, there's well, none. That's, Guys yeah. are throwing harder than ever before, and there's no fear. That's because everything is out over the plate. You're not worried about something coming inside. Had you faced a guy like Goose Gossage in the day, there would have been some fear. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. It didn't matter. Bob Gibson. Now we're going way back, but 
You're moving your feet. You are moving your feet, <laughs> and you're spinning at the plate on your bottom side. Willie Mays, and it's been a long time, but I was lucky a couple times because uh, my grandfather played with Willie Mays in the Giants in 54, and I got a couple interviews with Willie Mays, and Willie Mays said in an interview I did with him, every single game that he stepped up against Don Drysdale – Drysdale would throw at his head. Yeah. Willie would come back, helmet could get off, and he said, I'd get back up, ready to rock. He had just had the shell then, right? Right. And and, and he'd just get right back up. Let's go. He didn't charge the mound, didn't get angry. That was just the game. And he did it every single – it happened every single time. Drysdale, Mays, Dodgers, <laughs> Giants. Willie Mays, the best player in the game, was getting dusted. Right, right. And and that's the era of baseball that is we're so far away from it. I remember Jim Bibby, who was a pitcher for the Houston Astros at the time, facing, I believe, Alan Wiggins. And Tempe tells me this story. He says, Wiggins went up there the first at bat. He started digging in and trying to get his feet set. And Bibby walked down the mound and said, hey, keep digging because I'm going to bury you in that. And he said, Wiggins stepped out and covered up the holes and said, hey, are we good now? Because <laughs> you don't dig in on those guys back in the day. You just step in lightly and get ready to hit. If Once you start digging in, they're, they're taking it personal. Like, oh, so you think you're going to get comfortable up here? I got something for you. And I see so many hitters now too comfortable in the box. We saw that last night. We saw that the night before. We saw that in the Tampa series. Those guys are too comfortable in the box when they're facing A's pitching. It's an old school mentality, but we had it for you yesterday. Guys are throwing harder than ever before and throwing less fastballs than ever before. They're throwing less fastballs? Less fastballs. What's it, what is the sweeper? I, they, it's a slurve. You remember the slurve the, b- between the curveball and the sliders, the big <laughs> kind of – when you didn't have a good curveball or you didn't have a tight slider, you had that slurvy breaking ball that's more horizontal break. Yeah, I remember. It's, it's what it is. They're calling it a sweeper now. Like they're reinventing the game. So I learned two words my first night here. Disengage. And the sweeper. And I'm throwing, what is going on? 23 years later, you got to teach old dog new tricks. Disengagement. <laughs> Can't call it a timeout. We're calling it a disengagement. <laughs> disengagement. Right? I always thought, like, hey, we, hey we're going to stop for a second. That was always called a timeout. Uh, right? Right? Hey, whoa, timeout. Get a T.O. We're now at disengagement. Remember, it's not a clock. It's a pitch timer. It's a pitch timer. It's not a clock. It's a pitch timer because we can't call it a clock because a clock's a dirty word all of a sudden. Okay, so I have to remember that now. Yes, it's a timer, and it's not a timeout. It's a disengagement. <laughs> Can you imagine the NFL going, hey, we want a disengagement. <laughs> okay. We want a disengagement. Right. We don't want to talk to the quarterback. We want a disengagement. Wow. People would go, that's nuts. What are you doing? That Yeah, that's what we got. A lot of new rules. A lot of new new sayings. rules are good though because things are a lot faster. They're, they're, they the are. games played the games played at a pace you played at. Yeah, yeah. Well, Greg Maddox, these guys, they get the ball and throw. They they knew what they wanted to throw and they knew how to hit the spots and make the hitter put the ball in play. It was just no three four hour games back then. Not at all. The thing I saw the other night though was Sears was on the mound and the game started to move fast on him, and I think it was the the pitch clock. Is that how you say it? Timer. The pitch timer. Timer. Yeah. The pitch. He said the pitch timer got to him, and he started to speed up. And once you start to speed up, you lose control. You throw the ball right down the middle. 
and, and we saw Baltimore. Problem was, we also saw when they wouldn't speed up and the ball still went down the middle. <laughs> I'd rather see the ball go down the middle at two hours and 22 minutes than three hours and 40 minutes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. From our side here now yeah. on the TV side, that's good for us, yeah. man. That's, yeah. that's good for us. When they go, oh, it's going too fast for him. Well, I remember when it was going too slow, and it was going so slow. The guy that, the guy that gets hit now – with the pitch timer is the same guy who got hit without the pitch timer. <laughs> true. Right? How true. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Garrett Cole's 3-0 and with a what, – what has he got, a one-point something, Cody? It's pretty low. Yeah, Garrett Cole's still Garrett Cole, pitch timer, no pitch timer. Yeah, how true. Right? How true. Greg Maddox is still winning uh, pitch timer, no pitch timer. How true. Clemens, how true. you name it. Randy Johnson. So, right. all right, uh, one half hour, you and me on TV. Yeah, let's do it. Go get all that makeup on that I you put no, on. No, 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 we don't do that. Where's don't the makeup lady? No, is she no. going to take care of you today? She used to be in this room, but you've taken over this room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I've taken over. I've, I've taken over this room. <laughs> Like it, like they had to dig up the old Oakland thing out of nowhere. I'm like, dig it up. We're we're back in business. Yeah, look forward to it, man. It's One of fun. my all time favorites, the great Bip Roberts. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. The great Biff Roberts. Go look at his numbers. I, I was when he was on. I mean, I had it on the graphic. I had on the graphic is a, uh, he was an all-star in 1992, but he was almost a career 300 hitter. He had like 323 the year he was an all-star. Biff was legit. I was at that all-star game. I saw Biff Roberts live and in person as an all-star. Telling you, he was one of my favorites growing up. Would you say second greatest uh, Rule Five draft pick ever? Uh, no one's better than Clemente. Mark Canna. He's pretty good. We'll see him. After. I meant to text. I'll text him after the show, about Friday. Hopefully, have uh, the new potential new author Mark Canna. This Wait book a minute. Clemente was a Rule Five pick from the Dodgers. How many guys have the Dodgers just given up on in years? Oh, my God. Pedro Martinez. There's been a lot of guys. I mean, Hall of Fame players, right? Was Carlos Delgado a, a Dodger? Uh, ooh. I always said he was a Blue Jay. No, Delgado didn't start as a Dodger. I mean, didn't he wasn't a um, – I don't think he was drafted by them. Uh, well, he wasn't drafted. Um doesn't say. Oh, well. Of course, yeah, he's an international guy. Yeah, but uh, Wikipedia. There, go up to Wikipedia. Let's see. Professional career. Um, he was with the Blue Jays. Playing in, he played in Dunedin also. But he was signed by the Blue Jays. It says that he several organizations he signed with the Blue Jays in 1988. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's quite a few guys that that were Dodgers that turned out to just have monster careers. Um, I mean, they were a factory for years producing guys. We, I mean, years. I mean, talking about from Brooklyn. Oh yeah, all the way to Los Angeles. To I mean, well, they had all the rookies of the years in the eighties, the nineties too. In nineties, like five in a row in the nineties. Yeah, Eric Caros, yeah. Mondesi. 
Air, well, it's Caros, Piazza, Mon- Hollinsworth, Mon- Todd Hollinsworth, and Nomo. And with Nomo, it was five in a row. Those were fraud. <laughs> Him and Ichiro were fraud rookies of the year. Frauds. Um, hey, bottom line today: How do you keep the ball in the ballpark? That is, I mean, it's been Walter Chuck's issue. He's given up seven home runs and two starts. Well, it's Walter Chuck's issue. Well. I'm, I'm saying it's been his big issue this year. It's Waldachuk's issue? No, it's everyone, but I'm saying if you're look if we're looking at the game today. Twenty three home <laughs> runs. That's a staff issue. Nobody's kept the ball in the ballpark. You want to go out the stat again if Dude, how about Danny Jimenez last night? Yeah, that, that he grand gave slam. up he just flipped the slider up there and the guy ripped it back up. The, I'm not looking at the box score, but he, or or the or my uh score was, was it Ace Killer Austin Hayes? Somebody ripped it right back up center field, then he flipped another slider up there. Bang, Grand Slam. I well, mean, it was like. It would have been Rushman then because he bats, so he was batting before Mountcastle. Let me see what the game was. Uh, by the way, while you do that, uh, Austin Hayes is the new ace. Killer. It would have been Hayes. Austin Hayes has, has had four hits. I said, in his career versus the A's, he's a 357 hitter with a 1,158 OPS. Would have been Hayes got the base hit off Jimenez, right? Well, he hit leadoff yesterday, right? No. Jimenez came in to face. If I'm looking at this right, Jimenez came in to face Hayes, gave up flippy slider, base it up the middle, and then hung the slider to Mount Castle Grand Slam. It wasn't a cheap Grand Slam either. I mean, he got all of it. Oh, God. I remember watching it. That's watched the ball just – I mean, he just flipped in there, and I was like, he's – and then when he connected, I'm like, oh, boy. Well, actually, I, I had an expletive. It was like uh, Bob Euchre in Major League when he hit the ball. Johnny D's weighed in. Sutcliffe. The great Steve Howe. You remember Steve Howe? I remember the name, yeah. Had a little problem. What was his problem? Cocaine. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela, the great Fernando Valenzuela, and Steve Sachs, Saxy, who you still hear every once in a while on Sirius XM. Yeah, they've had string, as the A's had a string of rookies of the year. Dodgers have done it a couple times. So Johnny knew the 80s rookies, but when we asked in the 90s and the know your Dodgers part of spring training. See, I thought I thought Johnny D did very well. I mean, you're bringing up like what's brewed at Coors Field. They use it in their commercial now. I, how, I, how, Blue Moon, was it Blue yeah, Moon? But the Blue Moon used it in their commercial First now. of all, if you put fruit in your beer, it's not even beer. It shouldn't even be brought up. <laughs> if you put fruit in your beer, unless it's a Corona and a Lime. I, you should not, if you're putting a lemon wedge in your beer, you should you should really question yourself. Well, speaking of that, real quick, what do you th- are you, are you all in on the on the uh, some teams the teams right now that are doing it? The Diamondbacks, Rangers, Twins, and Brewers have extended alcohol sales through the eighth inning this season. Are you for or against that because of the pitch timer? How could anybody be against that? Well, don't worry, there'll be people against it. Yeah, actually, no, I I you know that may be because that is the really tough thing is the sales and the money you make, but yet you're having people drink alcohol who are not that far away from getting into cars and driving home. Yeah, so you got closer to the end of the game. So I don't even want to touch that. Yeah. But there are four teams that are doing it, and I think the Marlins and Mets said they haven't ruled it out. As a talk show host, I should be all for it. As someone who knows that how dangerous that could be, I don't want to touch that. And as someone who drives home late at night. Yes, as someone yeah. yet has to... Has to drive amongst all these people late at night on a consistent basis. Yeah, um, it's not good. So I understand. You know, teams are 
are playing with with the clock. We do know this. We have been told today, being here at NBC, probably the number two things, two main things about today. It is believed by people in uniform the ball is juiced again, and that ratings amongst the league are up and people are staying longer for games and watching at longer periods of time. That's not the, the conspiracy is the juice baseball. The ball is juiced. But there's no question that this that everything is better in baseball. And it, it and we focus on in between the lines, but if you start realizing more people are watching and people are watching for a longer period of time, that is the major win for baseball. Yeah, it is. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear about the ratings going up because okay. that was one thing we were worried about. Stephanie Gaywood, we're going to replay this big auction on Friday. We will be back at 4 o'clock. On, in the treehouse. In the tree. We're back in the treehouse on Friday. We want to thank Stephanie for stopping by. Great to replay her. Also, Bob Nightingale from the USA Today. Also, Bip Roberts. Thank you to NBC for allowing us to do the show here in the studios. I'm going to do TV. Uh, Johnny D is in for me on A's Total Access. He'll have the postgame show. I will join him in progress. Uh, in the post-game show, but hopefully we'll be talking about an A's victory. Hope so. Good to see you, yeah. my friend. We had a great time here. Thanks, we'll be, we'll thanks be, for having me. We'll be back on Friday right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.